What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the All Star MMA Live Show Recap Reaction UFC Noche. Or I mean Noche UFC. Noche actually means night in Spanish. Sicko, is that is that right? Yep, nailed noche. it. So, so UFC night or night UFC, which doesn't really help us too much. You know what I mean? In figuring out because next year they're going to probably do the same, right? Um, but anyways, uh, it's great that they celebrate. Uh, Mexican Independence Day, and uh, and they utilized it really well during the broadcast. Right, they would like play clips of the the Spanish broadcast. You know, because I mean? it's totally different, right? Different cultures, different reactions, different types of commentators. The language is different. Um, if you watch like even soccer or football around the world, like the commentators are completely different than, let's say, NFL or or NBA or whatnot. But yeah, it was great that they infused everything together. It was a, a good look for them. Um, I hope they do it for all the other races. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, let's no, get some equal sure, opportunity sure. in the UFC, right? We're, I know, we're waiting for the AAPI or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah AAPI. Let's get the, let's get one of those events going. I don't know. Maybe they just had it in Singapore, and they just didn't announce it. I don't know. Maybe in China they'll do it in December. Uh, that's the rumor, right? December, China, Shanghai. They're going to do UFC there, hopefully. And if they do, hopefully I'll be there. If there's a title, I'll try. But anyways, we're not here for that. We're here for Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shevchenko, the main event, the headliner. And there's so much to talk about here, right? Because uh, there's the judging, there's the rules, and there's uh, a lot, man. Sickle, let's just jump right into it. Just give us your thoughts. Start with me, huh? Yeah, of course, man. Because I know you let me get everybody upset. Wait, wait. It's not upset because look, look at look what I put. Look what I picked. I picked Alexa Grasso via decision to win the belt, and it did. She did. (laughs) She did win the belt, right? But it's just not. uh, Okay, let's go. Go ahead. Let your frustrations. Flood out. I mean, there's not to be frustrated about, right? I'm going for Alexa Grasso in this fight, so there's not a whole lot to be frustrated about. I personally had the scorecards 3-2 Grasso. Uh, I don't know how much biasness I have in that one, but I had rounds 2, 4, and 5 to Alexa, rounds 1 and 3 to Val. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously the elephant in the room is the wonderful 10-8 scorecard in the fifth round. And yeah, even for someone that picked Grasso, even for someone that thought Grasso won, that scorecard just leaves you to be like, I don't, I don't even know where to go from here. Because one person sees a fight for Grasso, one person sees a fight for Val, and the other person's like, honestly, guys, I fell asleep in the fifth round. I'm just going to write 10-8 so I can get a draw, and you don't have to worry about picking one or the other. I don't know. Like, what are, what are we doing, man? And it's, it's constantly the same Dudes, I've went on this before. I've talked about this before. The repeat offenders, it's the same couple guys every single time that put up these scorecards that are like insane. Now, if you want to go against and you had Val 3-2, obviously you're assuming the fourth round was a swing round like everyone else was assuming. And hey, if you think Val edged it, okay. If you think Alexa edged it, okay. It's really hard to argue. But there's a 10-point must system for a reason. (laughs) And my Val said, nah, I'm going to find a way to make this a draw. And that's the issue. That's the biggest issue of it all, which, uh, you know, you ask me, uh, you know how Nate Diaz has his Stockton rules? I have one championship rules, all right? I judge a fight as a whole 
Alexa Grasso won and still, baby. Let's keep it moving. Which they should adopt those rules, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I was talking to this about some uh, I was talking to this. I was talking about this to somebody yesterday. Uh, a coach, a high level coach, UFC coach, and uh and I was like, man, they need to revamp the whole scoring system. But the organizations are not going to push for that. The reason why is because it's going to cost them resources that they don't really need to spend because mm-hmm. it's not their responsibility to put judges in seats. It's not their responsibility. It's the commission's responsibility, right? So the blame goes all on the commission and their incompetency and their lack of accountability, lack of transparency, lack, lack, lack. And they just make money, money, money for doing nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, they're doing something, but um, but they're not up. doing it at the highest level. And you expect the fighters to fight at the highest level and perform at the highest level. You, you expect the organizations to, to put on shows at the highest level. Then the commission should be at the highest level as well. But they're not, man. They're behind 20 years, basically, because we're using the same system as boxing for MMA. These are two totally different sports. It's like using the rules for, I don't know, football and flag football together. You know, I'm pretty sure the rules are different, right? But they're kind of similar. I don't know. But you shouldn't be judging that way. Um, The way I looked at it was uh, it was a tight fight, man. Like there were some really, really close rounds. And when you look at impact of shots, it's clear that Grosso landed the more powerful shots. It seemed like it, you know, watching it live, right? Um, and in, in some of those rounds, yeah, she won. You know what I mean? I, when I, on Twitter, I think on Twitter I wrote it was 2-2 going into the fifth round. And I thought it was. Um, somebody had it like 1-3-4 for Valentina. And I was like, how do you give the fourth round to Valentina? That makes no sense. The fourth round to Valentina? When Grosso was banging the knee off the head of Valentina, like what, six times? Just bang, bang, bang. I think she like uh, br- like hit her with a bunch of uh, barrage as well in that fight. You know, um, it's 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 to the point. It almost seems like some fighters are trying to game the rules of judging. You know, like they'll they'll play a game of like, okay, I'm gonna control for like three minutes, right? But but standing there and being in a close fight for three minutes or four minutes or whatnot. Does not mean you won the round. You know what I mean? It just if something happens in the last minute, like like a you know, like it did in the fight, you know, if it's a close fight, then that round goes to Grosso, right? Like the fifth round. Let's go to J Spec on the fifth round. 10-8 round by Mike Bell. What'd you think of the fifth round? Man, <clears throat> I have so much hate and I don't even know where to put it all. Like, let's be real. Mike Bell is a fucking problem. He's a repeat offender on and frequently on the main event. I don't I don't even know how the how do you like I get it that like you can't the 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 organization doesn't choose refs, they choose from a pool of refs given by the athletic commission, they eliminate refs they don't want. Okay, but like how is he not eliminated? Like how but based on performance, like in any other sport. Refs are judged. You, you, I mean, if you did, if you didn't know this, 
every every week or month or bi-weekly, depending on the league, the refs get judged based on their accuracy of their calls, and then they are shifted in order of importance and stuff uh, accordingly to their performance. Like, what makes sense? I don't understand how the athletic commission is just allowing this shithead. Yeah, Mike Bell, I don't know you as a person, but when it comes to judging, I'm just talking about you as a judge right now, not personal, so don't take it personal. But you're a shithead of a judge who constantly, consistently fumbles on main events. Why is he even judging on the main event? When there's refs, they find a way to put the the like the local refs on the less important fights and they find a way to get Herb Dean and you know Herzog and the boys at the top, right? So why why can't we have the judge in a proper order? Why can't more consistent judges be on world title fights? I, I I'm just okay, sorry. I just had to address that. Like I have to say that. I don't know there's it's it's a simple fix. All right. Now the fight itself, I I Scored the fight just like Uncle Sal uh, did. And I think Shevchenko won. But I'm okay with the draw. And this is where I'm saying, this is where I'm okay with, like, every outcome. Like, I'm, and that's why I'm confused. I'm angry and I'm confused. All I know is that Mike Bell ruined this fight. But somehow I'm okay with Grasso keeping the belt. I don't really think Shevchenko did enough to take it from her. I agree with a, a conversation me and Sickle had a, Somewhere else, it was like, you know, it would be a robbery to sum up. It would be a robbery if Shevchenko wa- walked away with the belt. I don't know, man. At the end of the day, I all I can ask for is a trilogy. That's the only thing left for me to ask for. So commission, there's so much commission stuff. The rest of the show, I got so much more commission stuff to say, but I'm going to stop right now, and I'm done with that. Well, the rematch, that is the question, right? That is the yes. topic of uh, conversation, the, the trilogy. Um, we'll get into that. Make sure you guys go in the descriptions and download the All-Star app. Make your picks. Join J-Specs League. Win prizes. Pay-per-view spaces. Join those because you have a big, big chance to win uh, a nice prize. You know what I mean? It's always good to, to win and enjoy the sport together with other people that are, you know, in a positive mind state, not, you know. Unless, unless everybody's negative, then you know you guys can pour it on other uh, whoever it is. But anyways, uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the link is in the descriptions. Make sure you guys make the. I just put you know if you're new to the show, we throw up the app on the screen from time to time and utilize it and, and show you like what's what the app looks like. But it's for all sports, right? And NBA, uh, and you could pick for actually you could pick soccer. You could pick NBA. You know what I mean? But we're focused on fighting. You know what I mean? We, we only do the UFC picks, but. Anyways, it's so far all sports, so so go check it out. Um, now, what was that? What were we going to talk about? I forgot. We, I, we just finished enough uh, rematch. Rematch potential. Rematch, the trilogy, right? Is so the trilogy important enough exactly, to be done right. now? What do you guys think? Watching right now, um, leave your thoughts in the comments. Do you want a trilogy? Do you think the trilogy is justified? And if not the trilogy, then what do you want to do with Grasso, what do you want to do with Chevchenko? I'm going to say what I want or what I think should happen or what would be great for both fighters. Number one, no trilogy. Take it off. Let's move on with the division. There's too many title contenders coming up. Alexa Grasso clearly proved that she's just as good or better than Valentina, right? That's that's what she proved in these two fights, right? Like she's she's like she's using the basics. 
and and utilizing great game planning to win these fights and opportune right she's so opportune like valentina made mistakes in that fight and alexa Grasso took advantage of it they were ready she was ready anyways so leave your comments of, of what you guys think now i say no trilogy i say valentina her time is done at flyweight let's move on uh go to bantamweight that's where you came from amanda's not there anymore they need a new you know person in the mix right and the ufc loves valentina and they really wanted alexa grasso to have the opportunity to become a champion she did and she proved herself in these two fights so let's move on with her and and push the mexican market with alexa grasso because she's the only one that's holding the belt anymore right this was like yair doesn't have a belt brandon doesn't have a belt let's push alexa and uh, let's see what happens okay and the belt curse it's still rolling right because she didn't actually win she didn't, win. <laughs> she didn't actually win but she didn't lose so the curse could be still going let me see it let's see if she could break it in their next fight valentina i say she moves up to 135 and chases after that and, and chases history you know become a champion in two divisions i think she'll do that because what she's 35 years old let's see what's her what's her age yeah, well, she is in the, in the 35. Audience. Yeah, 35 years old, man. She don't have much time left. You know, like I always, I be saying to people, you know, 34 is a very, very, you know, most divisions, 34 is a very, very sensitive age after that. You know what I mean? 35, 36, that's the decline. And uh, we've seen many champions lose in the last couple of years when they hit that age. Izzy just lost. I think he's 35, 34, something like that. Valentina her too you know what i mean um Usman, you know what i mean there's a, these are got these are dominant dominant champions losing right now right and yeah. they have a something in common the age so i say Sevchenko goes up to 135 we could talk about that grasso stays defends her title um who's who's next let's throw it to uh sicko who's the best challenge for grasso man at 145? Trilogy. I mean, there's, there's a couple, right? The trilogy to me is not, it, it wouldn't be my option because, right? I need Valdemar. Do we have a fourth fight between the two? Like, we can't just keep over with the same fight. Trilogy could be future. Well, you know, once you lost the other one, you're let's move. Good, we're not on, we're not moving like we actually have contenders now. Uh, and obviously, the two ones to look at immediately are Aaron Blanchfield and uh, Manon Firo. Those are both had to some. But it seems like uh he's talking about Firo. He's talking and, about Firo, uh, Blanchfield. And Blanchfield, right? I think I heard I heard think I heard that's guy. what I heard, yeah. And then add this guy. Oh, here oh, we go. There he goes. He's back. There you go. That Let thing, him I don't Whole system <laughs> failure. System <laughs> failure. <laughs> system failure. System failure. Hey, system they, failure. Uh, they did not like the fact that I said no Valentina. Is this a is this a Russian half for you? 
So I they, don't know what happened this is, but they didn't like so it. So now but I'm gonna try again. So the trilogy. Trilogy's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm from the trilogy. Uh Aaron Blanchfield, Manon Farrell, they both had to overcome really big tests in their last fights, and they both did it, and they both did it well enough. I was hoping one of them would really stand out from the other. I was hoping one of them would really have like a dominant performance, but they both kind of had to edge their fights out in order to get the win. So I mean, how quickly do you turn them around? Which one do you pick? I'm not sure. I think you just have to do what the UFC does and goes, which one does the population want? Which one has a bigger draw? Which one has more fans? And if we're going off of that, I think you guys would all agree with me that it's Aaron Blanchfield. So I think that's the fight you make next. Uh, and then they leaves other good opportunities. I mean, a fight with Valentina Shevchenko and Manon Faro, like who wouldn't want to see that? Like that, that'd be incredible fight. But it is what it is, man. I, I just don't want to see the trilogy just because if Val squeaks, like, right, it would be that's it. Like how the champion move. So I don't. I don't think that's the. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see what J Spec has to respond. How's you guys it? know what I'm trying to advocate for. I'm pushing it, and I'm not going to stop. The trilogy is important, and let me say why. It's even important for Grosso fans, and hear me out. Trilogies are the anchor point of legacies of fighters. Fighters are known through the eons for great uh, trilogy matches against other great fighters. Literally think about it, and it's happened to every single person you thought of in your head. So with that being said, if we want to pass the torch, so to speak, we don't want to leave it on this, like, some people, oh, well, she won it on a mistake by Shevchenko. Oh, now it's a draw. Like, let the trilogy, this is what trilogies are for, for odd, tight, really close contests where these two motherfuckers have fought already, and it's like, goddamn, it could be important to fight again, and it is. Last but not least, I don't understand how for the men, and I'm going to talk about Brandon Moreno and Figgy, Oh, it was hot. It was hot. It was a great idea. They had a draw. They had a contest. One guy got smoked. But hey, keep fighting. This shit's great. Like, fuck, let's go. Made both of them legends. But the ladies? The ladies have the same opportunity. Where they're going to be, nah, don't do it. Ah, screw it. No, fuck yeah, do it. Like, make yourselves on that upper echelon of super great fighters that fought three times. And if Shevchenko's run is over, then great to make it official. Boom. Now you have a new queen in Grasso and they have the opportunity of a major big time fight trilogy to, to have finally that fight in Mexico that I know that they're still angling for that didn't time and the lack of Mexican champions. Now, like you guys pointed out, all of that is so important. Like let's ring that bell and let's get that juice out of that fight while we can. I mean, the, the honest, the honesty is that like, there's only so much women's fights that people are going to pay money or want to be paying money for, even if you stack it in a pay-per-view card and a major trilogy between what looks like could be the future versus the past current tense holding on you know it's it's a really great battle for this moment right right now like not later not like the trilogy later i get it like so oh the trilogy later no 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 no, no. like right now because it's important right now it's literally past versus future fighting for it, this moment in time there you go that's what i think should happen so you got three different people with three different visions i like it <laughs> i like that we all have different thoughts on 
you know, what we want to do with the division, what we want the fighters to do and what we want the promotion to do. Um, yeah, I, I, I said earlier, I, Shevchenko should go to 135, let, let the flyweight division move on with the, the next era, right? Because if she fights again at 125 and she loses, let's say she fights uh, Fariot, and there's a high possibility she could lose to her, right? What happens if that, like, that's three in a row where she hasn't won a fight, right? Next thing you know, she's fighting Aaron Blanchfield and she loses to her by submission or something. Then it's like, you can't recover from that. It's hard to recover, right? Like, you can't lose four in a row, three in a row, and then go to another division and be in the mix. You, you, you have to come off the title fight, right? It, a draw, which is like, okay, you didn't lose. Not, you could be in the mix, right? But if you lose like four in a row, it's like, how do you argue? Oh, she's a legend of, you could, right? The promotion yeah. could do that, but. I, I mean, my only so. issue think... with the trilogy is it, it, it's not, it's only going to end there if Grasso wins. Like a trilogy is really just set up for four fights because it's not one apiece. Even yeah, when Max, I, that's why I don't want. I don't want a trilogy. I do yeah, that that's the only reason I'm situation. against it. Is like if if Val wins a, a decision, you have to do a fourth, and it's like you can't do a fourth when you have two contenders ready to go. Like yeah. Faroe and and Blanchfield have gone through the gauntlet. They're they're ready to go. They're ready to challenge to have two more fights between these girls. I mean, you're talking about a whole another year before anybody else even gets looked at, and unless of course Grosso goes out there and, and wins again, and then it's like well. You know, she had a trilogy where she technically didn't lose any of the three fights. And even like Max and uh and Volk was a great one, right? The first two fights, very, very close. A lot of people thought Max won the second fight. And then there was a fight in between. They didn't go right immediately, right? He he fought a zombie, and then it was after the zombie fight where they did the trilogy with Max, and then we remember how that went. So, you know, there there are good examples to show us like it's okay if you have a break in between and come back to it if that's what Val wants. Yeah, I don't, man, I just think, like, there's, you know, if, if Val was, like, 30, then it's a different story. She's 35, man. Like, you got to gotta go chase after that gold while you can. Move on. Be opportune, right? Because I don't think we got much fights yeah. from her, you know, because you could only lose so many. I don't, I just don't, I just hope she doesn't go down the path of, like, just losing, like, five in a row or three, in a, you know, and then, like, ending up having to retire or something because she can't compete at the top of the division. You know, it just, it's, I like to see her chase after the Bantamweight belt. If she fails, it's just like, all right, she's the legend of the 125 division. She chased after the 35 belt twice. It didn't happen, but you know, you can't take it, take away from her. Right. She chased after things that most people wouldn't or didn't have the opportunity to. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, but, um, the, to me, the most interesting matchup at 125 for the title is Blanchfield versus uh, Grasso. I think that's the most interesting. I think Aaron has shown like she is improving. Her fight IQ is getting better. She knows how to make adjustments during a fight to win fights. You know what I mean? Like she understands and she can finish fights as well, right? And I feel like they kind of match up really well. It's kind of they have some similarities, right? And and I want to see who's better. Especially at that age, right? Aaron's really, really young for the division. Like, I like to see like how good she is, you know, compared to uh, Grasso. Because Grasso built herself into a champion, man, throughout the years, like very, very quietly, and then now it's in our face. Um, Ferriot, I think she'll be like after that. I think after that fight, you put Ferriot next because you can't have them waiting for a, a, 
you can't have that fight again and possibly lose and you you know you miss out on a contender right but I don't know to be honest with you because there's been title shots off losses in the past so what can we do we can't and it's about selling anyway. fights remember the era we're in we're about selling pay-per-views and so I um, hope uh Pato I hope uh, we answered your question uh who should be next for Aaron or Furyot uh, I think they should book the Aaron fight and then line up Furyot after that if possible but who knows, man? Like, who knows what the status of Grasso is right now? And and uh, maybe Valentina goes to Hollywood. She was talking about Hollywood as well, right? She's been in a movie with Halle Berry, which was, man, that was bad. Anyways, uh, but that's not her <laughs> fault. Bad movie. <laughs> that's not her fault, though, right? She didn't that's direct it or produce it or edited it yeah. or write the script. No, Did that break something? <laughs> yeah, her thumb. Like, something happened with her thumb in the first round, she was saying. And uh, and she said I, that uh, she was thinking about like not continuing, which would have been insane, right? Imagine between rounds, like Valentina just like, you know how much criticism, how much like the shit storm that would have happened. If she would have said no. If she would have said no mas, no mas, yeah, like you know, no mas is just something that's gonna be forever. And fighting I would have had to meet the word washed from my timeline if that happened, man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, no, people been, are way too hard on fighters, now. man. There has been fighters in the past, high level fighters, where they've been injured and they just, you know, I, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to say nothing bad about fighters that's quit on the stool because you could be injured, right? What, you have a, like, if you have a broken arm and you're, and you're in between rounds and your arm is like broken and you're like, you know, it's broken. If you stop fighting, I understand that because why? You don't know what's going to happen to that arm if you continue fighting with it, right? So, right. you know, even with the hand, hand is so important in, in fighting, right? A lot of these guys are out for like six months because of a thumb injury. It's like, wow, right? But what can you do? Anyways, yeah. leave your thoughts on that yeah, in sure. the comments. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a topic of interest for the next uh, couple of months to see who's, who's going to be next or what's going to be next for the division. But I like it, man. I like uh, the division is, is new and, and Alexa Grosso is – you know, it's weird. She's the pound for pound best women's fighter in the world. That has never ever thought. I never thought that would be a situation, right? But nobody hey, did. Fighters have been surprising us all the time. And uh, hey, Sean Strickland, you know, like it's just this is fighting, man. This is fighting. Sean O'Malley. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly. all going to happen. That. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is fighting. This that, is one was, fighting. that one's obviously going to happen. <laughs> I know Sicko was going to say that. Um, let's move on to the co-made event. Before we get Shout into that, make sure you guys go in the descriptions and, uh, and uh, download the All-Star app. The app is on the screen. Um, I made my pick. I picked Jack Della by KO in the third round, I believe. Or second, no, second round. Um, I thought Jack was going to do better. This fight was just, this is what you get when you get Kevin Holland, right? You either get like a wild, crazy fight or you get like one of those Wonder Boy you know, like they're most he of the fight is like it was worse than Wonder Boy fight. Like Wonder Boy fight wasn't that bad, it, right? It, it, I don't know what happened. It, it lost all the juice. Like it started off pretty good, and then it lost. I mean, 
It was like a shitty re- every round was like a shitty sequel that just got like worse and worse in a shittier budget. Like round, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, like the round one of that movie was this shit. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. It was like round one, pretty good. I want to see the second one. Uh, then by the time round three came in, the space was dead. People were like talking shit about the fight. Like, when is this thing gonna be over? Like, why does this look like a glorified sparring match? This shit sucked. I heard that for majority of the third round so they uh yeah it was it was hard expectations were high you're the co-main event right you got a guy that's just been murdering dudes coming up in division and he's facing off against kevin holland who is a known figure a guy that is a really good test and uh and can make fights really really fun but that's not what happened in this situation uh if you look at the stats right uh mike bell is the one that scored the fight for Kevin Holland, the same one that scored a 10-8 round in the fifth for uh, Grasso. And that's why it was a split decision. But if you look at the numbers, right, uh, Holland outlanded uh, Jack Della. And, but it seemed like Jack Della probably landed the more impactful shots. You know what I mean? And, and that's why he probably won the rounds. And I, I believe he was going forward more. That, that could be something as well, you know, forward pressure. Uh, but... This fight, man, I don't really remember too much because nothing really happened. <laughs> to be honest, I'm gonna tell you right now, I was watching it, but really, I don't remember much because nothing really happened. They, you know, they, they say timing is everything. We know it to be true in life, right? This is definitely the case in this fight. If the sequence of events would have just been flipped, if the third round would have been the first round, we would have been like, oh, it was a good competitive fight that was technical and it sparked up at the end and they really went for it. But the fact that they gave us the best of what they're going to do in the first round like i mentioned and it just eroded in and like all the spice that was in the fight usually i don't know it's like they it's like they started respecting each other more and more and just became friendly and let's be honest fighting is fighting is not fun friendly like we're not that's not what it's about Fight, fighting is better spicier with some heat at the very less at the very least respectable like like respect and just knowing like oh i respect my opponent but you got to bring it you got to bring it. it's fighting when it turns into whatever whatever the hell that was it was a uh, like you said uh, and john like you're right everybody had high expectations for the fight i had high expectations for the fight it's just one of those that just didn't deliver a dud if you will and i guess there's no i don't even think there's much more to talk about yeah um with this matchup man it's just you know we wanted we wanted violence, I and mean, we just didn't get it, and that's what happened. Sicko, or did you did you envision that this fight would be possibly like this? Mm, no, not really. But it, it honestly isn't too surprising when you just look at the styles that they have. I mean, it's styles make fights, right? And sometimes it's for the good, and sometimes it's it's for the bad. And when you look at both these guys you saw the struggles that they were having with each other, right? Kevin Holland had a really hard time getting around the guard, finding shots. JDM has a really, really solid high guard. He wants to get inside. And then for JDM, JDM loves getting close in the boxing range, ripping shots to the body, combinations to the head. And it's hard to do that when somebody is seven inches taller than you and leaning back and has the Philly shell. And it's like, how the hell is JDM going to get inside and stay inside and land shots on Holland and, the few times he would gamble, Holland would counter, and it was just both guys 
just really sitting there going, man, I don't know how we're going to get off the shots that we're looking to get off. Uh, I thought, you know, the other two judges got it right with, with JDM. I had him winning, uh, winning that fight, but yeah, it wasn't surprising to me just because stylistically it's tough. What they both want to do is what the other person is really good at defensively. It's hard to just get inside the pocket and swing inside with Kevin Holland. And it's very, very hard to stand outside and just pick JDM apart from the outside. Like, it was going to be a tough fight. Uh, I expected it to be a little more hectic. I thought Holland would throw a little bit more creative strikes. I thought JDM would kind of bite down a little bit more and stay in the pocket and, and hold him up against the fence and try to throw some big shots. But I'm not surprised by it. I don't think it was a lack of effort. I think they just uh, they had puzzles in there that they just really had a hard time solving, and neither one of them could, could solve the puzzle that the other one was giving them. So unfortunately, we kind of got a little bit of a dud, especially in that third round. That third round was kind of, and then afterwards, I don't know if you guys saw like JDM said that Kevin Holland was, of course, Kevin Holland talks for all of his fights, but he was saying that he was telling him like, Hey, you should come by and spar. And I'm like, bro, y'all are fighting right now. Like, I don't need to spar later. Like, yes, I don't know, but that's Kevin Holland, I guess. Yes. Yeah, wow. Kevin Holland is, uh, he's, he's fun, but then sometimes, you know I mean? You can't hit, with everything that you do right let's just say it like that you can't just like do everything yeah. and everybody's gonna like everything you do right sometimes it comes out good and sometimes it doesn't come out well um you know and and the thing is i think kevin holland he's like conscious of like everything that he does so like he knows like oh man this fight's not like going like it should be going right like it's not as maybe that's what he thought and he's just like maybe i should talk about him and then he'll come forward and try to attack me a little bit more right but that yeah. wasn't the case Kevin Holland. What do you think, J-Spec? You hate that, right? You hate the talk? I, uh, I I like it when it's backed up with some kind of action or violence. Like, talk all you want, but bring the violence with it. I just... The part is, when you're talking and you're inviting me over to come train with you, that's too friendly. We are in the middle of combat, for crying out loud. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's... I don't, Personally, that's not my type of... Like, that's not the type of stuff I want to be seeing in the octagon too much. I don't like friendly stuff in there. Like, let's, I don't, save, save, like, literally the moment the bell rings and the fight is over, then bow to the guy, hug the guy, tell him, please come stay with me and whatever. Like, do that right then. Like, there's a time and place for everything. Obviously, you know, whatever with Kevin Holland, he tried his best. It was, it was, it was a fight. It wasn't the worst fight I've ever seen. It just didn't live up to any form of expectations and like i said during the watch party people just started kind of clocking out mentally uh on this one yeah it's it was not what you know because they've been building him up right they've been building him up they already built up kevin holland kevin holland is who we know him as but they've been building him up right he's the he's the australian canelo you know i think mexican people are probably like what the hell are you talking about right but you know like just they given these monikers like they're just building the hype, right? It's like um, what's her name? Uh, Shauna Bannon. Remember the girl that debuted? Uh, she was like yeah. Molly McCann's like training mm-hmm. partner, and they built her up so much, right? And then she went and made her debut, and it was just not what we expected, especially people that never saw her fight before, right? And uh, I think that's what happened here. But also, JDM is fighting a top ten middle uh, welterweight in the world too. Right, and that's his time to shine, right? To show everybody, like, yo, I'm a danger in this division. Like, I'm gonna go in there and just start crushing people. But, you know, I can understand why, because 
I think he was supposed to fight what a month ago, and then he was supposed to fight in Sydney, and then like there was all this like, is he fighting next week? Is he fighting next week? Is he fighting like that could uh, take That's a toll cool. on you, right? As a fighter, right? You well, just sure. don't know, and then you got to cut weight as well. You know what I mean? Like, I can't blame JDM, you know, too much. You know what I mean? But yes, it wasn't like the the performance we expected. Who do we give JDM next? You know, Kevin Holland was sitting at. Let me see the rankings real quick. That so was Holland, like a thirteen versus fourteen fight. Well, is that what it was? Okay, let me see. I'm pretty sure. I think so yeah, it, you're right. Thirteen versus fourteen. So Jack was at thirteen. I think you. I think you put Jack against the uh, since he's on a winning streak now. I think you put him against somebody that lost, and I say you put him against Sean Brady, man. Like, Sean Brady's coming off a loss. He's went, ranked at number nine, and that's what you want. You want Jack to fight up in the rankings. Um, yeah, I think you'd put that fight together. Uh, Sean Brady, if Sean Brady's ready to come back next year, early next year, put him put him together. Kevin Holland, I say you put him against uh, – I say you reward him and put him against somebody in the top 15 again. Right, so I say you put him against a, like a, a Jeff Neal. Right, has he fought Jeff Neal? What do you guys think? Uh, so gonna, go ahead. Oh, my bad. Um, I mean, for Kevin Holland, give him what he called out. Right, he called out Neil Magny, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. You know what I mean? Done and done. If that's who he wants to fight, if that's what he wants, cool. I don't see any problem with that matchup. I think Kevin Holland. Now we've kind of realized like that's where he's at. Uh, I know there's always been high hopes, right? Early on, it was like he was just in the wrong weight class. He's he's going against wrestlers who are cutting crazy amount of weight, and he doesn't have to cut weight at 185. Like, this is his division. Now that he's here, maybe we see a run. And then he has a Wonder Boy performance, and then he has this performance, and you're like, he might be a top 15, like 10 to 15. That just might be where Kevin Holland is. So make fun fights. Make fights that, that are going to be fun for him, uh, you know, maybe you give them these up and coming guys or you just give them guys that have been around that also hang around that same area, like a Jeff Neal, like a Neil Magny. One of those guys would be fun. And as far as JDM, yeah, I love that matchmaking that you just said with him and Sean Brady. I think that'd be a really fun fight. You talk about two guys who are known for their boxing skills. They both want to get inside the pocket. They both like to stand and trade. And I think that fight would be really, really fun to watch. Uh, but for Kevin Holland, like he's, you definitely keep him, with notable names, he's going to keep finding ways up on cards. Like he's just too, uh, he's too beloved, not only by the fans, but most importantly by Dana White and, and company. Like they truly appreciate Kevin Holland and the millions of times Kevin Holland has taken a bullet for them. So they'll, they'll keep rewarding him and, and you know, he'll, he'll bounce back. He'll have a fun fight and he'll put on another couple, two, three more performances where we go. Yeah, this is why we love Kevin Holland. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was look. I was watching. Uh, I was looking on Twitter. I, I don't know what what I was looking at, but some social media. And there was a clip of Sean Brady talking about the Michael Chiesa curse. How when people fight Michael Chiesa, when they beat, beat Michael them, Chiesa. yeah, they lose their next fight. And if you look at Michael Chiesa's last three fights, yeah. Luke he lost to him. Luke lost his next fight, and then Sean Brady lost to him, lost his next fight, and then Kevin Holland just beat him, and then he just lost his next fight, right? So there could be a curse, right? The Michael Chiesa curse. You know what I mean? Maybe Michael Chiesa, he needs to just stick to uh, commentating because he's just cursing everybody with the, with his, uh, ruining it. with his performances. But um, but anyways, uh, yeah. What do you think, uh, J Spec, on on the situation of uh, of uh, what is it, um, JDM? What do you do with him? JDM, you, you do exactly what you said. You send him uphill. 
He's he's a prospect on the rise. Kevin Holland was his hardest test to date resume what resume wise. Look at his resume. Kevin Holland is like a whole mountain ahead of anybody who he's fought before. This was a huge, like, let me see what JDM is because JDM has kind of been passing all the tests solidly, right? Like he came in pretty well recognized. He was like, Oh, he's a prospect. Let's put him against some dudes. He started running through him. Like he's kind of doing all the stuff you want to see. Uh, another young, great fighter that's doing those things. And so you put him against Holland, Obviously, not exactly the fireworks and whatever the heck we built up in our heads for it, but he got the win. And at the end of the effing day, that's hard to do, bro. You got to go in there, face Kevin, Big Mouth Holland, and come out with a win. And he did it. So with that being said, he met that challenge. Keep rising. That's what you do. With a prospect, you keep rising that that, that bar of difficulty until you find their limit or their limit at that moment is right because they're still young and who knows who knows what that is so just like you said send them up the hill fight let them fight someone like um you said sean brady right yeah that's a good one or jeff neal either one of those two dudes like or however that cookie crumbles i like that if uh sickle mentioned that um holland already called out magni like if that already works great uh on the other side of holland talking about him now he you know what's up with him well, he's kind of like already said in press conferences and shit that the belt isn't on his mind, right? Like he's here to win fights and make money and like win fights and make money. That's what he wants to do. Like, cool. People use the term gatekeeper in a negative sense, right? That means you're falling and you're trying to keep the young studs from coming up. I think obviously Kevin Holland's not that. I would like to re-term a new term if if I could and call him like a liquidator, you know? I think he can beat someone like Neil Magny, who is aging out of the division and needs to probably get out of there. You could use someone like Kevin Holland very creatively matchmaking, give him good fights, get him some dubs, like you said, and use him to liquidate the rankings. Pull some of those old dudes out, get some new blood in. Ta-da. And and it's fitting, right? Like Kevin Holland, you know, he comes out and he's saying, like, you know, I want to fight often i want to make money the title's not really on my mind um clearly he's a talented guy you know i mean he could beat on his best day he could probably beat some of the guys that are former champions right um he's and it's fitting that he's from texas because i would call him a ugk ultimate gatekeeper oh ultimate gatekeeper ugk you know ugk texas okay okay mc bummy right like houston he's from there he's a ugk Let's put that on there. He's a UGK. He wants to be a UGK. He wants to be the ultimate gatekeeper, fight the guys, fight often, step in short notice. Wins, losses, it doesn't matter, right? long as the check clears. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he's about his money. And I respect that so much. You know what I mean? I respect it so much. I respect that he's out there just saying these things. Like, he's like, I don't care about the belt. Because some guys, they don't, man. They, they, fan, like, some guys think that the fans want to hear like every fighter is chasing after the belt they're not a lot of these guys are either, some of them are just on survival mode they just want to stay with the promotion yeah. other guys are just about making money you know there's so many different reasons why they fight and i like kevin's honesty on on that on that part uh let's get into some of these questions hype what's going on man cheers to you um crazy Bato is like going crazy on these uh these questions like do you think brady is more confident going into the JDM fight now than before. Yeah, because they were matched up 
or they were gonna uh, yeah they were matched up before right for uh perth i believe mm -hmm. and then uh yeah i think so i think brady is probably studying jack because he probably thinks that that's probably going to be the fight that's easier to get next right they want to really they probably really want to rebook that so jack uh brady is probably studying jack a lot and J and jack man those are that's two straight split decisions for him a win is a win but man the one person could have just you know derailed that 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 win streak right he's he's six and oh in the ufc which is incredible in that division that's hard to do um I it deserves an asterisk it deserves an asterisk it was a mike bell split decision so yeah but you know in two weeks no, no one is going to even care about that <laughs> no, yeah, no one's that. gonna remember. No that. one's gonna care about those things. Uh, Bato coming at uh, with another question: What's going on with Shavkat? Is the UFC still trying to make that pointless matchup with Kelvin? Kelvin Gastelum? Oh, speaking of Kelvin Gastelum, right? He's over here training. Uh, he's been <laughs> out here for like the last month. He's over here eating. No, 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 dude. He's like he slimmed down, dude. He slimmed down. Like he looks like he's ready to go to welterweight. Like he's slimmed Ooh. down. He's training every day. Nice. Um, he's just like training. That's it, dude. Like, like he's, he's like he's like a monk, you know. Like he's just wake up, train, eat. You know, like he's living that because, you know, I think he's like really found his like second leg of his career, and he's that's why he's going back to welterweight. See what he can do. Um, super nice guy. Actually went to, nice. um, you know, he's not gonna post about this, but I'm gonna tell you guys. Uh, over the weekend, I think, was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Um, we went to an orphanage to just, like, help out and give donations. With, and I went with a couple of coaches and stuff. Um, and and I didn't know Kelvin was going to be there. Like, I didn't know he was going to show up. But I was already there, and then all of a sudden he showed up. And I was like, oh, shit. And he helped out. It was cool to see, man. He's super nice, man. Like, I don't know if you guys ever met him or ever spoke with him or anything like that. He's, like, one of the nicest people you ever met. Just happy-go-lucky. Um, all the best to him, man. When you run into fighters and stuff, and and do they do I want him to be messed up with Shavkat again? No. What about you guys? What do you think, J Spec? I mean, that's not good for him. I mean, let's be honest. Like his return, his successful return is is asterisks with that headbutt. I remember, we remember. Um, but other than that, like no, like the the, the dudes going through. The, the dude's going through hopefully a second resurgence in his career, but it could easily get derailed. And I I don't want to see it end. Like he, he was on shaky ground for a minute. So what I would like to see is him a match appropriately uh, given his current status, not his name, not his recognition, not the way people react or feel about him. Like let's be honest right now and give him a, as I say he's worth and his star power is worth giving him that's give him some somebody that's beatable, you know, give him a dub. Shit, make it happen. The thing is, like, if he wants to fight for the title, he has to fight Shopkot. He has to fight Usman. He has to fight that level. And if you could get that type of matchup instantly, going back to welterweight, you gotta take advantage of it as a fighter. Because that's I, I, just what they offer I, you. I totally hear you, John. I totally hear you. And you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. But on the other side, one challenge at a time. It's been a long time since you've been a welterweight, Mr. Gasolum. You don't know what your body's going to perform like. Putting him against a stud like Shavkat for what could be what could be like a almost a do or die situation in relevancy. 
don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I just don't like the idea of like a winnable fight. Cause what if you don't win? At least you go fight for a, a top. At least you, when you fight a top five, top ten guy, you go and you compete. If you lose, you're still competing against a top ten guy, right? If you go and fight somebody that you're supposed to beat, and you don't beat them, that's the worst. Oh, I hear you. Mentally, man. mentally, like, what? What are you? Where are you at now? Like. You know, it's just, it's hard, man. It's hard. That's why if the opportunity comes and Kelvin has been in enough big fights to know what a big fight is, right? So we will see, man. Um, let's go to uh, Sicko and, and give him this one. Shafka versus Usman. Does that make the most sense in the division? I mean, yeah, that definitely doesn't... It... It's not a bad matchup at all. I think, it, you know, it's just for Usman, will Usman take that risk? Because Shafkat, if I'm not mistaken, he's only had one fight inside the top 10, right? So does Usman say, okay, I'll go ahead and take on this young killer who's coming up and maybe that's my stake to get back to the title or something of that nature. But they would have to sweeten that, that pot. They would have to do it. Um, who was it that recently? Oh, they would have to give him the same deal that they gave Corey Sanhagen. Sanhagen was supposed to take on uh, Nurmagomedov, right? And they told him, if you beat him, you get the title fight. Nobody else, you. Unfortunately, uh, Umar got hurt. Or, yeah, it was. He got hurt, he got pulled out, and then, you know, obviously they had to do the Rob Font one. But you could give Usman the same exact, uh, you could give him the same exact thing. Tell him, hey, you take on Shafka, and if you win, that's your title fight. Will they do that? I don't know. That's a problem, right? Shopka kind of makes sense for everybody in the top five. Like, he's kind of proven it. He has the hype. He's the next guy. He's what Hamzat was. At that point, when Hamzat got Gilbert Burns, nobody's willing to be the Gilbert Burns. Like, nobody's willing to come, you know, Bilal ain't going to do it. Like, these guys aren't willing to put their ranking on the line to fight this dude. You're going to have to promise him a title fight. But the problem is, we don't even have the title fight booked. So how can you promise anybody a title fight if we don't even know if there's going to be a title fight anytime soon? Like we still don't know what's exactly. going on with Leon and Colby. So it makes no point if that title fight doesn't get made, everything else is is useless. Like who cares? There's nothing else to be done unless you're ready to say, "Hey, you win, it's going to be an interim. We're ready to move on with or without Colby or with or without Leon. I don't know who the holdups on, but we're ready to move on and have an interim then you can start pairing everybody else up." But as long as the title fight's still in limbo, What's the point of everything else? Yeah, man. Gilbert Burns is just a gift. He's a gift to the division, dude. Like, he stepped up and fought everybody and anybody. All these guys are on interviews saying, like, oh, I'll fight anybody. But really, at the end of the day, half the time, it's not even their decision. And uh, Well, and, him you know, and Bilal, right? That was supposed to be the fight. Like, him and Bilal was supposed to be the fight to get a, a title contender. Like, hey, they're both stepping up. They're both going to save this card. They're both going to take it on on short notice. And the winner is probably going to get a title shot. And Bilal wins. And it's like, man, we're still going to just wait another year for Colby and Leon to come back and, and make it happen. It's like, yeah. I don't know what Bilal did to who, man. Like, I don't know what the poor dude did to somebody. But they just do not want to see him in a title fight for whatever reason. They just do not want allow muhammad to be fighting for a championship and i don't know why he had to have done something <laughs> it's it's almost like he's like the john fitch of the gener like this generation oh. like, oh, like he beats everybody but it's just like they don't want him to be fighting for a title 
Maybe you know I don't I mean? know if it's they don't want him. Like I have no idea. They, nobody ever says anything about Bilal, really, right? Like it's not much that people are talking. Like he he beat Gilbert in a in a good performance, right? But it's just like after that, it was crickets. It was like <laughs> like it was like you know like at your house at night before you go to bed, you just hear nothing, yeah. right? <laughs> it's just it's crazy, right? It's, what does Pato say? I still don't understand why you see book burns versus balance shortness isn't. It? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, you're right. You, Pato yep. and uh, and Sicko was talking about too. Um, Mike, what's going on, Mike? Great show, guys. Appreciate it for watching, man. Um, he, Mike is always invited. We got our little. I think we've created our little crew now that we can have in rotation. And uh, yeah, so more shows coming. Mike will be on it in the future. We got Pat that was on last week. It's gonna be fun, man. And those guys, they bring different view points of view, which is always fun. I like when we always have different points of view. Anyways. Let's move on to the next uh, next fight. The biggest prospect in Mexican history. <laughs> Is he? I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. Physically. Uh, Raul. Well, say it I mean, properly because yeah. I keep saying it wrong. Sicko. How do you say his name? Last name? He said it right. Raul Rosas. Rosas, right? Rosas, right? You know, I always I, I keep saying it wrong. Mm-hmm. Rojas. Because that's like. What's familiar to my oh, tongue, Rojas. right? Rojas. Like, there's so many Rojas I know. <laughs> yeah. and, and he's a Rosas. Like, I never knew a Rosas at all, at, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. So, it's a new Shadow, name. Anyways. Kind of too many of them, my brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rosas comes out, man. And, yo, like, hey, he was, like, out there doing the, he was doing the little, uh, his old little, uh, what is it? Who's that famous, like, Mexican boxer that just, but he every time he goes out there, he just brawls. That's all he does. There's too many of them. But anyways, mm-hmm. he's probably I mean, added to the there's too many of them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so like yeah, I was I was really really uh, I was really really hyped that he came out like that, and he was he wanted to erase the memory of his loss in his previous fight, and that's what exactly what he did in this fight. Um, Mitchell, is he? At that level, clearly he's not because he's just been steamrolled in both of his fights, right? Especially against the youngest guy on the roster in Rosas. And, uh, yeah, man, I liked it. I like Rosas coming out. You know what I mean? I've, I've been a, a – you know, I'm never a hype train guy. I never jump on hype train. I'm probably not – I'm not going to jump on hype train right now, but I'm saying, like, I was – this is the most impressive performance to me because he came – he was coming off a loss in front of the world, and he went out there and showed, hey, I got that fire – and I got the hands, and I got some power. I'm not a ground guy only. I'm not a wrestler. I could go out there and knock people out, and that's what he did. Round of applause to uh, to the Mexican Jay Leno. Uh, uh, we'll we'll go to uh, Jay Spec. What do you see in him? Who would you like to see uh, against him against next? Right? Because I feel like you can, you have to give him a prospect, right? You got to give oh. him another prospect with you- a couple fights. <clears throat> The term that was just born a segment ago, uh, division liquidator. He's obviously too young to be a gatekeeper. He's he's about to turn nineteen in like a couple a week or two, something like that. Like, uh, let him let and let him grow and let him slowly eat up and devour all of these people that are on your roster that don't belong. Let's be honest. The UFC went out and just cast the net onto the regional scene and just drug like everything it could possibly fucking pull. And some of these men and women just Everything. don't belong. Yeah, everything. Uh, 
and, and they don't they don't belong <laughs> everything and so they don't belong they don't they just don't really belong at the the ufc level that people talk about oh you're at the ufc you're at the ufc level well if you acquire literally 200 athletes from the regional scene and you stuff them all onto your roster then theoretically you've just watered down your level anyways so by having someone like mr rosas who is young and still needs a shit ton of development and playing with fire like a motherfucker but like a young dude does and like a young dude comes out victoriously let's be honest this was not the safest way to go about it to go hey what's that thing that i lost that last time striking oh fuck it i'm gonna go out there and just go balls out i mean just chin down throwing them like just go for it chin down as much as he can yes jokes included um but mitchell like ate that shit he ate that hot potato and he was stuffed. He was done. It was over. Like, and it was great. It was epic. Uh, perfect. Like, all the stuff you want. I was just a little concerned just the way he went about it. I was like, this is ballsy. But, hey, when you're young, you got to be ballsy. Big risk, big reward. Fucking hurrah. Like, good job, man. And uh, I guess, like you said, to answer, just putting a button on that. Whatever comes next, slow roast him. Give him the shot. The, like, I, I have to say it. It's called a Sean O'Malley treatment. That's what I'm going to call it from here on out since he, since he made it all the way to the championship. You know, start from the bottom, build your way up, fight. I, I, I want to borrow a term that he actually said, and I'm not a big Sean O'Malley fan. It just sickles rubbed off on me, and I've gotten Sean O'Malley news. But he said something along the way of fight within your contract. Fuck the rankings. Don't fight the rankings. Fight your contract. And that's what I want for Mr. Rosas. Like, fight your contract young man and keep keep doing your shit yeah no what thank you, you so much for what the do you want? thank you for the sean o'malley plug you know not only is he the most talented he's also the smartest in the in, in the ufc <laughs> but yeah i mean for for raul like that's this is perfect for him you keep giving him guys off of contender series you give him guys that have been around guys that are one and two guys that you know we don't really know too much about because raul is so so young and the, a lot of guys that he's fighting are in their late 20s you know what i mean like they don't really have time so they're gonna take raul rosas as their fight to say hey i need somebody you know a hype train remember you you brought up sean a perfect example sean o'malley when he was coming up everybody wanted to fight him everybody wanted to fight sean o'malley because he started getting some popularity and they all wanted to be the one to steal that popularity from him and you know even the cheeto vera fight i thought that was the fight that took Cheeto to like, oh, maybe we should start really paying attention to this guy. After he beat Sean O'Malley, he kind of took a little bit of that thunder and got a little bit of a bigger fan base. So everybody's going to take the fight with Raul Rosas. Everyone's going to take it. He's super, super young. And the good thing for him is he's not a boxer. This isn't boxing. That, oh, isn't the most important thing above anything else. The most important thing is, are you getting in there? How are How is the crowd reacting to you? How are the fans reacting to you? And if he keeps fighting like this, man, one, I don't know if he can go to a championship fight and win it anytime soon until he changes. But, man, is it fun to watch. He comes out like a damn chupacabra in the first round. Like just a little Tasmanian devil, bro. He just comes out like a maniac every first round. And we saw in his last fight, like, once you get to round two and three, it gets real bad for him. But it's the most exciting first round anybody's got. Like, his first rounds are so fun. And to see him come out and get a big win, I think it's going to do a lot for his confidence. Uh, his confidence was the one thing that I thought was going to put him over the edge, but one thing that I thought was going to also could potentially get in his way. But he said something after the fight 
that I think is showing us a little bit of maturity. And it's hard, you know, for a 19 year old to say that they're going to be mature in any way. But you see a little bit of growth right before his loss when he talked about Aljamain Sterling. He talked about, oh, I sparred with him and I beat him. And he was talking all this hype thing and I could beat him right now. I could be the champion right now. And he changed his, he changed it all up. He changed his tune, which I think is a good thing. They asked him about Sean O'Malley, and he said, "Oh, that'd be a great matchup, but I'm I'm far away from that. He he'll probably be gone. He probably won't even be in the division once it's my time to get in there." So I think that's a good sign, man. I think he's showing a, a little bit of maturity there. And he's being humble, you know, like yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great to see. You know, what I mean, Kennedy versus I don't even think Kennedy's on the roster anymore, or maybe he is. I'm not for sure. But I was looking at the here, the sure. rankings, right? What's up? Not a sad thing. I said oh, if okay. he is, sure, so was, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think um, there's a few matchups that would be good. Um, Brian Kelleher, I think that would mm-hmm. be a good test. You know what I mean? Brian Kelleher is going to be coming back from uh, his injury. I think coming back, the UFC. I can see the UFC putting him against him. Um, you know, you could. You know, Kennedy would be a good matchup as well because imagine like that style against Kennedy. Oh, that would be a barn burner. Sick, sick fight. Um, another guy that comes to mind is like uh, Chad uh, on Hollinger, the Canadian bantamweight. A little bit older, oh, yeah. but uh, I think it would be a, a couple fights in the UFC. Marcus McGee's there. <laughs> I just had to throw that in. I know you guys love Marcus. Yeah, we love Marcus. <laughs> Do not give him Marcus McGee. Mar- Marcus will <laughs> blow his fucking head off. Like I want good things for Rosas. Rosas. Rosas goes in there yeah. trying to test his sticks against fucking Marcus. He'd get decapitated. That's the. Uh... What do you guys think? Watching you guys think uh, Rosas. What do you guys think he should do next? Um, I think a lot of people are interested in the matchup that's coming up, but. Uh... Yeah, if he continues fighting like that, I would like to see a couple fights like that, win or lose, you know what I mean? Because the thing is, like, he's going to have his growing pains in the UFC. So if he loses or if he wins, he's still going to be with the promotion. I think, like, it, like as long as he doesn't go on, like, a three, five fight losing streak or whatnot, like, he's cool, right? Like, they're really pushing him. They're putting him on main cards every single time. Like, when they're doing mm-hmm. that for you and, and, you know, you're going out there and entertaining, especially, they're going to keep you around. And he's super young. Um, super young, dude. Yeah. Turning 19 in a week or two. Like, think about what you were like on the verge of 19. Not being on main cards of the UFC. No. <laughs> Imagine if, like, they brought back TJ Dillashaw and that's the fight that they wanted to put together. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Just, just hey. Like, I mean, that's... You know, slow roasting is one thing. Just putting him in the microwave, like just. But Dillashaw is like, his he's his body's wrecked, dude. Like if he does come back, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to be the same TJ Dillashaw that we saw years ago. I'm telling you right now, right? He's fought like twice in the last four years or something like that, and his body's just yeah. ripped apart. His shoulders are just jacked, and he overtrains clearly, right? And to the point of injury. So that's a good situation for Rosas. To be honest, to be honest with you, right? Like, that's why like not? A portal straight to the top. What about? I mean, he's going to want those type of fights. Like, eventually, he's going to yeah. be the one seeking. Because again, if we're comparing him to Sean O'Malley and like the rise and the slow cooking of he, that that's what Sean was doing, right? He was constantly he was like, "Give me Dominic Cruz, please." Before Dominic Cruz started getting knocked out, 
he knew it. He saw the writings on the wall. And he's like, give me him and give me Garbrandt. Like, that's all he was calling out was Cody Garbrandt and Dominic Cruz because they want to use their name to catapult them. And, and Rosas would do the same thing. If he saw TJ Dillashaw with one leg and one shoulder, he'd be like, give me him. Yeah. He's going to be the yeah. one I'm going to use to Why jump not? into the top 10. You Like, I was talking with uh, Chris Dawkins about this. And he said that you don't want your opponent to be healthy coming into the fight. You don't want your opponent to have a good weight cut heading into the fight. You don't want your opponent to, you know, be in the best mental state heading into a fight. You want your opponent to be in the worst health. Training camp was terrible. Weight cut went bad. Girlfriend's going to leave him. Mentally squashed. You want that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, it is what it is. Johnny Munoz versus... Raul Rosas, would that be it? It's like kind of like Mexican American versus the Mexican. <laughs> yeah, you that'd know? be a good one. It's like, it's like the Chicano versus the Paisa. Is that am I? Am, is that <laughs> offensive? That's not offensive, right? No, it's not offensive. That's exactly right, right. No, yeah. no, no. You know what I mean? The Paisa, like, I've been around Paisas, right? Like, that's that's what they Paisa means. What countryman? Yeah, it's like from there. Yeah, from, from the there, area. Right? That's what, and that what Tai yeah. Tuivas says from the area. Yeah. Oh, that, that's what it kind of means. Like, like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. from the area. Like, yeah, you're yeah. a bicep. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's because like that's what I used to call the Mexicans that I knew that they, they were the bicep. <laughs> that's what I used Mexico. to call. Them. I didn't really know what it meant, but that's what <laughs> yeah, I did. Really, I thought it meant like brother or countryman. That's what I thought for the longest time. So it's like bicep to each other, right? They would never call me a bicep because I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. Anyways, that's a fun with know, cultures. Yeah, it's the, hey, next one of the best people out there, man. But they're, yeah, those are great. all going to be great fights. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 So uh, we'll see what happens, man. There was a few other uh, prospects on this card. We had uh, Daniel Zellhuber. Uh, he he got the second round submission, which was which was a clean submission, man. He was losing the first round, and he came back in the second round and and took an opportunity to to choke out. Yagos and, and he took him out right and Zell Huber's super young as well um, and and he got a bonus okay he got a bonus for doing it. 24 yeah. years old to the night baby yeah Zell Huber 24 years old uh I wanted to jump to this fight between um here we go put it on screen all right here we go so this fight right Fernando Padilla versus Kyle Nelson you know um this fight was not a fight. It didn't play out like I expected, man. It was just like slow, you know. I don't know. What'd you guys think of the fight? Like Jay Speck, what'd you think? I, I just I, I was disappointed a little bit. Well, I picked Padilla, but I did say in the space that I had this feeling that if Nelson won, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and I actually thought Nelson fought a pretty dang good fight. Um, given that, you know, asking around pre-fight, you know, pretty much people kind of wrote him off. So with that being said, um, obviously not like, not a banger of a fight, not like, oh my gosh, let's tell people to go, Hey, did you see the Padilla Nelson fight? Uh, you know, not that, but, but Nelson, I think showed a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say the overused axiom of, oh, he got some dog in him, but he showed some shit. He was walking forward. He was trying to bring it. Not like the best fight, but I thought Nelson had a pretty good showing of himself. Yeah, both of them. I thought, you know, well, not yeah. 
I just said that it was like a fight that didn't play. I, I expected more action in this one, man. I, I didn't expect them to be like just – I expected more, man. I just – sicko. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like Fernando went in there, took out Julian Rosa, right? Right. You expected more. Yeah, that, that's the point, right, is he, he gave you a reason to want more. Like that fight with the Rosa was like a wonderful appetizer, and you're just like, holy shit, if this is the appetizer, I can't wait for this crazy main course. And then the main course was like, you know, fish and chips. And you're like, oh, all right. Like, that's the cool. fish I guess. Chips. Like, it's good. <laughs> it's good. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like some chicken tenders and macaroni. And you're like, all right. And and in fairness to what John's saying, this fight, though, was wedged between two fights that got bonuses. So right before this yeah. was the yeah. Godinez fight, who she got a bonus. This fight was followed by the fight we just mentioned, uh, the Zellhuber fight, which got a bonus. So it's like, unfortunately, this fight, Unless it was going to be a performance of the night, you know, it's going to seem shittier. I don't know. But the, uh, you're a disgrace. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah, let's no, move on sure. from and that, and let's too, talk Padilla, about Lupe. He was a, a two to one favorite, you know. That's what I'm saying. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just I don't want to shit on him too bad because he's still a young prospect, and I think he has a bright future. I think this is a, this will be a good lesson for him. Like, you know, sometimes you gotta just yeah. start the engine yourself. You're to man. Event, man. Yeah. Um, let's go to Lupi, man. Lupi, I think she's one of the best Mexican prospects. Like, she's probably like top three best Mexican prospects. You know what I mean? Not you know, not like high, like champion, but you know, prospect or contender. Let's say contender, someone that's in the div- uh, division, because she's just getting better, man. Like every fight. Do you see that, Jaspeck? Absolutely. Um, I, I admit, uh, she kind of pinged my radar early. I've been watching with interest. Uh, for a while, and I can confidently say that she's no, she does not exhibit. Oh, I, she's going to be world champion like tomorrow, but she does show you in every fight, win or lose, that she is getting better, and I think that is important, like you mentioned. So she has time on the clock. She is evolving in the pr- progressing progressive manner, um, and yeah, uh, good, good, solid, super solid performance. Obviously, good enough to get a bonus on a night where. I don't know who had the UFC's checkbook or debit card checkbook. <laughs> Born in the eighties, see what happens, uh, dude. Like somebody was somebody was Venmoing. Somebody had the UFC's because five bonuses, you know. But hey, very very deserved by Loopy. She she whooped that ass. You know what can you say? Good job. Where's the edit? You know of that combination. That one combination, you don't talk about the one along the fence yeah. where Luffy hit her with like six shots and it was just like ding, 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 you know, just like yeah. ping, 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 ping. It was just like, oh man, it was so beautiful to watch. And then she took her down. It almost reminded me of kind of like what Volk did to Yair. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Very similar. Right. She picked her up, just dropped her on the ground and started pounding on her. Man, Luffy looks so good, man. She's, uh, yeah, she's, she's had some weird fights, but now she's starting to put it all together and, and uh, Sicko, man, do you see uh, that level of potential in there? Because now she's training with Alexa Grasso, I, I believe, full-time. She's went down there. Uh, Aldana's down yep. there. Lope, Lopez. Lopes. Is it Lopes or Lopez? Lopez. Oh, Lopez, right? He's down there. They got a great coaching mm-hmm. staff. That's the premier team in Mexico, pretty much. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing, right, is when you have a champion in the camp and you're getting to spar and you have great partners to spar with that give you different looks like it's going to elevate your game uh i agree with with jay spec i don't know if she's like 
ready, ready. Uh, but I don't want to take anything away from her. Like, yeah, she was a, a four to one favorite. She's supposed to go out there and destroy Reed. But when you're supposed to do something, that's one thing. Do you actually go out there and live up or exceed expectations? And she exceeded them. For as much as we thought she should dominate this fight, she did even more than that. We were like, yeah, she should dominate this fight. It should be three rounds to no easy decision for her in this one. She is like, yeah, hold my tecate. I'm going to go out here and just put on a clinic of this poor girl. And yeah, that combination where she dumped her, that was the first time where like, I went back and listened to like the D, uh, DC when she dumps her. It legit sounded like a WWE like body slam. The way he like she slammed her, and DC goes, "Oh, like it was perfect, man! What a great performance for her!" And yeah, you just keep moving her up, like you know, you yeah. just give her the next one up and the next one up, and and see how she goes. But she's definitely shown some improvements, and that's always promising when people are legitimately showing improvements. I love it, man. I love to see a, a fighter do that you know i mean show like and there she's not in a rush right she's not like she's calling this person and calling that person or demanding this no yeah. she's just like fighting and she's on a win streak i believe i don't even know how many is do you guys know what the win streak is for her what is it like three this four? is three <laughs> three, three right i i, 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 I would like to see her fight three yes i would like to see her fight pollyanna vienna she's like ranked above her you know like in the world rankings That'd be a good fight. I think that would be a, a good matchup, a good, uh, like physical style, physical matchup. You know what I mean? Like she's really tall and long. You know what I mean? Let's see how she can deal with that. Uh, that's a good matchup. Uh, you know, another one would be um, if she if they really wanted to push her. I know Tisha Torres was taken out of the the fan voting because I don't know something happened, right? But she's not like dropped by the In, US. Inactive. Yeah, she's just inactive, right? But she comes back. I think that's a good matchup. It would be a really good because Tisha Torres is like she's like the Kevin Holland. Like she's like at the gatekeeper, UGK, but not from Texas. Um, you know. But there's like even like a a a, a, a ah, I don't want to say it. <laughs> Yasmin, Yasmin. You know what I mean? But I think she's really young. Like even like a Pierre Rodriguez. Like that would be a good matchup. I don't know if she's fought already, but. That's not bad. But uh yeah. Bright future is bright for uh Lupe Godinez. And uh we'll see what happens with her, man. Uh at least Reed, man, it's like her ground game is just such a glaring hole, right? Like we yeah. saw Lup Loma Lubumi, who was a Muay Thai striker, raised born and raised, right? That developed into an MMA fighter, but still never really, you know, like a submission and got her first submission of her career against Elise Reed. And just that's just the you know I guess that's just the yeah. criticism you have of Elise Reed. It's like the striking looks great, but if you start mixing it in with the grappling, it's just she can't handle it. You know what I mean? And you see what happened. Loopy is a storm. Um, yeah. Daniel Covert. He says, "Is this guy really Korean? He seems Californian." <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Daniel. Daniel, yes. I love that. He's like, is yeah, really the answer Korean? is yes. <laughs> it's like California. Hey, Californians, really? SNL Californians. Really Do you guys know really what I'm talking about? Californians, bro. <laughs> yeah, right? like that. On the 405. Yeah, on the four, <laughs> if you go down on the 405, you take a left on the Capega. <laughs> you know, like whatever. But it's a great, it's a great skit. It's funny. But uh, is it? Am I really Korean? Yes, I'm really Korean. My name is Korea Jaw, my tag, dude. Like, what are you? 
What are you talking about? Like, I never he's, even he's Mexican. Cool he's been lying this whole time. He's yeah. clearly Nigerian, bro. I'm not sure. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, you you're know, not like, eating I during get, the video, John. I, you're not eating I, during the video, so you're not you're not fulfilling the stereotype. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I'm, like, I'm you know, I spent a lot of time around like Mexicans, so like yes, I, I have a special place for Mexicans in my heart. So I'm rooting for Mexicans, you know, that's like number two, like rooting for countries, right? Mexico is like you know, so many good experiences with uh, Mexican people. But uh, anyways. Yes, I am Korean, and I am not lying. I am not Californian, dude. <laughs> Put the chakras up, bro. And then you know, I have some surfer buddies here. You know, when I see them, I'll be like, bro. <laughs> they think I surf, but I don't at all. <laughs> Tried it. Not a good, not a fun experience. Um, crazy. Oh, what is uh, it? Uh, yeah. So I do the double chakra. No, 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 chakra, no, 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 chakra. Oh, you're from Hawaii. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we made surfing and we made the chakra. There's two things you're I know. Shitting on everything, we made, surf, we, made, we made surfing. I call it chakra. The double chakra. No, 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 chakra. Okay, you know what? My my dad's gonna hate me if I don't teach you this since you're doing that. So he. So you do this, you make it's it's a lightning bolt with the shaka. You like you flash it and you go sideways. It's a stupid like yeah, like you but you close it, you open and close it and you go uh, across. Like yes, like a lightning bolt. Like okay, there, okay. There right, I'm gonna have go. to do that to my surfer buddies when I see them on the beat. They'll be like, bro. What's up? Fuck bro. I would like to use this moment of since we since we're on a high note of niceness. I'm gonna flip this shit. I want to use this moment to go what the fuck, and I want to use this moment to go what the fuck uh, on Alex Reyes. Alex Reyes uh, fought Charlie Campbell on the uh, the prelim early. I think it was the second fight on the card. All right, let me get it on the screen. Yeah, and uh, go ahead, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. So with that being said, back history. If you don't remember Alex Reyes, well, that's because the last time he fought was six years ago. Yes, that's right. If you were watching the fights uh, this past weekend, you kind of probably partaked in some kind of abstract statistical MMA UFC history where Alex Reyes, who's been inactive for six years, his last opponent, uh, he got destroyed by Mike Platinum Perry. That's how long ago it was. And the the best part about all of this is he got destroyed by a debutante quickly in the first round, giving up the performance bonus to Mr. Campbell. So good, good luck to you. Um, good job to you, Mr. Campbell. But here's the crazy part: if you watch this, then you might know, or you might have not known. If you did a little deep dive, and while we were doing our spaces, someone was gracious enough to pull up this information. Alex, uh, Alex, excuse me, um, Reyes fought six years to the day. It was September sixteenth, two thousand seventeen, that he had gotten destroyed by Mike Perry. Six years ago, to the day exactly, he comes in and gets destroyed by Mr. Campbell. You're not for the UFC, sir. That's all I have to say about that. There you go. That's my what the fuck of the week from me. Yes, it was bad, man, to watch that. Um, Reyes, you know, I don't want to dump on him too much, but man, Campbell, man, he reminds me of like a dude that would fight in backyard brawl and then fight in the UFC the next day. Like that's what he reminds. Like this dude is a scrapper. Like he's he's like 
what do you think of my strike? I liked it. I liked that. Like, he did that to DC. He didn't, He don't know DC. Like, DC's, like, this big figure in the sport. And he's, like, in the middle of the cage. And he's, like, but it's his moment, right? So, right. it's not DC's moment. So, it's, like, do your thing, man. I, I like that about him. And he said, what do you think about my strike? It doesn't matter what you did. I loved it. I loved that he did that to DC. I, mean, I don't think Joe Rogan would have responded the same. Right. Yeah. I like DC just a little bit. I don't know. I'm not a fan of Joe Rogan anymore, you know what I mean, of him being a commentator and doing these things. It's just nothing against him and what he's doing, but it's I, I'm with you on that in the sense of I love Joe Rogan, but I don't like the like I'll just come in and do these random fights when I want. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. liked it. I liked it when you're in it, dude, because it felt like you're with us. Now it just feels like you're like this guest voice that doesn't. But the thing con- is, though, connected like to the, the UFC gives them packets and information about all the fighters. It's like you get that packet, right? The question is, does he read through mm-hmm. those packets and like remember like what's in those packets? That's the question. And most fans seems like when they watch the UFC and, and Rogan's commentating, they can pick up like reasons why he doesn't know much about these fighters, even though they're giving him this information, right? And also, is he in the yeah. room when they're doing the interviews with the fighters? Like DC's in the room, Olivia's in the room, but you I... never see Rogan in the room. Anik's in the room. Yeah. Right. But you never see Rogan in there, which means. You know, it's just more evidence of why he's like kind of checked out a little bit, right? It's just like he's—is he at the superstar level to where he doesn't have to do everything everybody else does? Is that what it is? I don't know. Grandfathered but in, maybe. I—I'd I, liked—I'd liked that DC and Lauren Shanko and John Anik. To be honest, John Anik's like phenomenal. Oh, he's a goat. He's he like the goat, he's, man. He's like he doesn't even make mistakes, really, right? Like it's like. If he makes one mistake, it's really uh, like really a glaring mistake, right? Because people yeah. point it out, but really, he's, he's the guy is crazy. Anyway, he just gives you a ha, and it's all good again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he knows he knows how to play the the system, right? And he's great, and he knows everything what's going on. He's he's they really in that sport. But uh, yeah, man, I like whatever. Rogan though, man. I just like the big fight feel, like when it's it's Rogan, when it's Buffer, like you know, it's a big big pay per view. So I, I I enjoy it still. I know. But again, well, a lot of stuff I watch, we don't watch a commentary on. So yeah, I don't really notice how bad he's doing. So, well, the thing is, like, the people that do watch with the commentary, they do complain a lot about, like, you know, the commentators. And, you yeah. know, they complain about everybody. You know what I mean? You could complain about, you know, you could complain about angels if you, you know, oh, like, you, if angels were coming down, everybody would be like complaining about the angels. It's like, you, yeah, you, you, you score, weird. you're scoring the fight correctly mid fight, and people complain about your, your tweets. Exactly. Huh? Right. What can you do? Um, Daniel got some other questions. He says, why they all yellow and shit? Well, the, that's where they were, they were hit. <laughs> well, one that's of them is. One of them is. One of yeah. them's fine. The other he, one is yeah. all painted up. Yeah, it just shows you like where they got the damage, and just Reyes just was I love that clearly. Question. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah, his whole body is yellow. <laughs> if, you went, if, you, if you went to a different fight, that they would have more damage. It's just the way it animates total strikes yeah. absorbed in your body regions. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's see what else. Oh, it says. Maybe we could talk about this later. But uh, yeah, we'll, maybe we could get back. Daniel also says, uh, let me change the screen up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, John Anik is. Uh, does a lot of coke. Okay. That's why he's good. Um, I, I don't and know. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna accuse somebody of doing coke. You know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> I don't think uh, there's no reason for us to like hey, think if that, he is, right? it's working. Yeah, man, and he'll be dead in real quick soon. You know what I mean? Like we can't last too long doing that. Hype, off topic, but thoughts on Black Combat, JHK. Black Combat is just Black Combat. It's a regional show in Korea doing cross promotion, um, and they're they have good production, which is different from like a lot of other shows. But um, yes. That's what it is. It is what it is. It's regional. Um, what did he say? Daniel Covert says he admitted it on his show. Why would you admit that you do a lot of coke mm, while you're working? I don't know. I haven't no, seen that clip. No, no. I think that would be a story. I feel like right? that would have went that pretty be... viral pretty quick. Yeah, that shit would have circulated yeah, pretty fast. Yeah, I don't know. Not... I don't know. I'm gonna have to look for it myself. I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm not saying you lying, but I got. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I don't watch the show, so I can't say. Yeah, I don't watch. I don't watch any show, so I don't know what's going on. Okay, so uh, you guys were talking about it earlier, right, in the show. I think J-Spec was talking about about UFC level. Clearly, you watch this card and you start to realize. I think it's apparent in this one that there are some fighters that were on this card that were not. And the thing is, like, what is UFC level, anyways? Like, there's there's 2010 UFC level, 2015 <laughs> UFC level, 2020 UFC level. 2025 UFC level. Oh, my arms are disappearing. Okay, like, um, <laughs> like there. I, I think we should take that out of the vernacular of like, of anything of like the sport of UFC level. There is no such thing anymore, right? They decide who's in the UFC, and they, it is what it is. Like UFC is UFC. Like you get the bigger platform. It, now you realize you you don't have to be having a certain amount of fights or a certain amount of experience or reach a certain level. It doesn't, there's none of that anymore, right? So the one fight that clearly showed that is the first fight, man. Marnik, man, where did she come from? She was a fill-in. I'm defending this man just just temporarily. <laughs> Miss man, because, I mean, that's what it is, right? Fun with English. Fun no. with English. But she was a, she was a replacement, so... Yo, it's insane. I know she's a replacement. She should have been you know. replaced. Look at the <laughs> look at these numbers. She, she's all it's insane. Shit. She was target practice for three rounds. You know what I mean? There's the criticism of uh, uh, Knutson or Knutson or something. I forgot what her name. Knutson, yeah. But I think they yeah, pronounced her not the K. finishing. They were pronouncing the K. All right, Knutson. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, like her not finishing the fight and her like clinching. You know, and I was like, yeah. hey, that's fine with me, man. Like, she doesn't want to take the risk. You know, she's only getting paid, what, 10 and 10, 15 and 15. She got to get the win, dude, so you should get paid. You know what I mean? Like, you you know, people are not going to remember your finishes in the beginning. They're going to remember your finishes when you reach the top, right? Like, when you when you get against big, big names. Um, but, yeah, like, dude, it was just, it was an embarrassing performance by her. And, uh, and really, it doesn't show us how good, Newt's in this. Seriously, it doesn't, does it? Uh, uh, Sickle, does it show us like how good she is? Because clearly she's somewhat talented. Man, I hate taking away from fighters. Like, I hate saying, like, oh, but who did you fight? Right? Because that's too easy. People do that all the time. Like, yeah, but look who they're fighting. Look who they're fighting. But it's like, yeah, look who they're fighting. But you also have to see was the skill level there. It's like, all right, did she fight somebody that should probably be in the UFC? Probably not. But did she look? dominant over her yeah so i'm not gonna take anything away from her again we talked about this earlier with loopy right loopy was a big favorite in the fight 
all you can do is say, did you live up to that expectation? Did you exceed it or did you not? And in this case, I think she lived up to it. I wouldn't say she exceeded the expectation. She was such a big favorite in this fight. And she did have some opportunities that you thought maybe she could get her out. So I wouldn't say she exceeded the expectations, but she met them. I think she looked good. She was a big favorite and she looked the way you're supposed to look when you're a big favorite. Dominant. I mean, she had, man had absolutely nothing for her at all. I do remember, man, uh, I had to make sure I had to double check and see if it's the girl I was thinking about. Uh, J-Spec, you were with me. It's the one that Bruna Brazil had kicked into oblivion on the Contender yes. Series. Yes. Yeah, she, she got knocked out nasty. I mean, probably one of the nastiest knockouts we've had on the Contender Series by Bruna Brazil, who Bruna Brazil just beat Shauna Bannon, who we were talking about earlier. It all comes full circle in these divisions, these rankings, these weight classes, all that good stuff. But yeah, you know, she looked good. She looked fine. You move her on to the next person. She took a short notice fight. The problem is when you look at man, it's like, she got no business being in there. And if you give her another fighter that you're, you know, they, they might give her Shauna Bannon. And Shauna Bannon may go out there and just piece her up. And now all of a sudden we know we get Shauna Bannon back on the hype train. And that's probably what they're going to use her for. Something like that. Because she just didn't look good. But we know that anytime somebody comes in and steps in on short notice, they're usually promised like two or three fights in the UFC. So she, for as bad as she looked, we're going to see her again. We're going to see her at least one to two more times and we'll, we'll see what she does from there. But that, that was a, that was a bad performance. She just looked nervous. She looked very unsure of herself. She looked like she did not want to be in there after the first round and it only got worse from there for her. So, you know, but it's just like you were saying before, when you start expanding your company, we want the UFC to be this sport like the nba like the nfl and have this guys if you go to the bottom of the roster of any nfl team any nba team you're gonna find guys that you could replace for other guys like there's a bunch of dudes not in the nfl or not in the nba that could easily be in and replace these bottom tier guys like that's just the way it goes so in the ufc the more and more we expand we love our every single weekend fight night cards we're gonna get them but you're gonna see some people where you're like who is chris Moutinho? Who is Marnik, man? Like, why are these people in here? And, you know, that's just, that's what happens when you expand and have the depth of roster that the UFC has now. J-Spec, Knudsen versus Shana, Shana Bannon. That's the fight, right? That's the fight. Um, which is crazy that, like, this early in the their careers or status that you're like, oh, this is the match to make. But yeah, do it. That's that's what's up. That's what's supposed to be going on. I don't know, man. This this fight is it was a curtain jerker. That's all it was. It was just to start the fight. Uh Miss Man, hey, she's a warrior. She answered the phone call. She said what's up. She made the wait. She got in there. Unfortunately, she's just not at that level yet. And maybe that's what we can consider UFC level like before you know, UFC level meant the very best in the world. Do we, with this expansion of the roster, with having fights all the time, by separating maybe the differential between being on a listed pay-per-view card or a, a location card versus a fight night, uh, you know, maybe we got to start reevaluating how we think about this stuff. But maybe the UFC level is the top, instead of the top 25 fighters or 50 fighters, maybe it's the top 100 fighters. And like you said, Seko, there's a natural turnover at the bottom of the rosters in every sport and hey they needed to have this fight dude they look go, go look up the card it was 
battered and bruised and destroyed. So many fights got canceled. Hey, they put a fight together. We got a fight. Newtson looks strong. End the story. Move on. And uh, that's it. All right. And, uh, you know, we had a, you know, a lot of good performances, man. Besides that, we had a, a, a Roman Kapalov. He just mm-hmm. dismantled um, Josh Brand. Boy. That was just, that was a, that was an awesome, awesome performance. And then you had uh, uh, Tracy Cortez come back and show a different layer of her game. I, I just hope she fights more than once a year, man, because if she only fights once a year, she's never going to rise up the ranks, man. She's going to end up just continuing fighting, uh, you know, the up-and-comers, right? So hopefully she gets in there more often. Uh, I'll let you speak on uh, Tracy Cortez. Sicko, what would you think? What's next? Yeah, she she looked good, man. She looked great. Uh, in and outside of the octagon, she always looks great. You know, people forget that she has a win over Aaron Blanchfield. Like, she's got some pretty big win, uh, wins under her belt. I mean, she's looked good. Uh, and I was really questioning this fight coming in. Was like, all right, you have Jasuda Vicious, who a lot of people were like, yo, Tracy's not going to be able to take her down. Tracy's not going to be able to rely on the wrestling that she has been in the past. How is she going to look? And that's what I was curious to see. What happens when Tracy has to stand and, and strike with somebody? And she passed the test with flying colors, man. She was winning the striking battle. And it was actually Jasuda Vicious who was having to resort to takedowns, who was having to resort to hair pulling to try to find a way to scrap and, and, and claw her way back. She was too vicious in there, man. They're grabbing her hair and stuff. Like, but for name. Tracy, yeah, I mean, Tracy didn't come back to an easy fight. Like, a lot of people. A lot of people in our circles, Jay Speck, a lot of people were picking uh, Jasuda Vicious to win this fight. They were like, her pace, she's going to be in Tracy's face. Tracy's not going to be able to take her down. And this is not a good fight to come back for for Tracy. And she did what she's been doing so far in her UFC career, which is like, it's a tough fight. She may not win. And she just she just keeps winning. She's still undefeated in the UFC. And like uh, like John said, like that, now's the time. Now's the time for Tracy to get active, stay active. Like, no more personal stuff no more outside stuff going on like now's the time to be i didn't know she's coming back from an injury right like we understand like injuries happen they're part of the sport uh sometimes they're just unfortunate but if you really want to make the climb if you really want to try to get back in into this title shot or not back into but if you really want to make the you know the push to a title shot like now's the time to to stay active and there's some really good matchups for her in the future and i'm excited to see her again yeah man i agree i agree as well she just need to be more active. Her skill is rounding out, right? She was no more of a, like a grappler. Now she's showing that she has hands. Her boxing is feeling better. And she got some power, right? She she clipped uh, Jasmine with some good shots. Um, yeah, she cracked her, man. It, it surprised me, man. I expected Jasmine to win. I picked Jasmine to win. But, man, you know, it's fighting. And she came out and did her thing. Uh, Jasmine also has a lot to improve on it herself, you know. But she's, she's going to be around for a while. Um, one last topic of discussion and we'll get out of here if this is for just j spec um the edgar shires uh daniel lacerda fight yes Um, yes just open the floor to you and let you speak on it all right so this fight shows all the things that are wrong with the current way mma is handled but it also showed (laughs) some positive things uh, with current systems, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Las Vegas, uh, Nevada state review system when it comes to fight ending sequences that are in question or could be in question, 
in this fight there was a choke guillotine attempt sequence slash exit that was just a whole bunch of human error happened all at once where one fighter was doing the right thing and relaxing and trying to escape the choke another fighter did the the applying fighter didn't even really have a lock-in so he wasn't really even choking the guy it was a it was a awkward situation where the ref went in and did the standard operating procedure referee does by hand checking and seeing if there's resistance because the dude could be choked out you know um he didn't feel resistance because lacerda was doing what you do to get out of guillotine and relax so men were doing what they were trying to do best at the time and there's just a conflict of human understanding and it resulted in the fight being called for uh chires citing a uh you know submission or can't continue by um lacerda but the thing is it was all messed up and weird they had to stop that to review the tape they came back to it still gave the fight uh i mean they called the fight a draw uh which is the right thing to do a no contest excuse me they call it a no contest um so with all this being said referees are not perfect they they got people's lives literally in their hands. They have someone's career in their hands. When they make a judgment call, that record is going to be on record for all time, forever affecting that person's career. Like, if I let you stay there getting choked out a little longer, I mean, talking about losing memories. So, I'm a, you know, it's a high-pressure job, and the guy, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, Tyone, he fucked up, but... Once again, the review system. Why isn't the review system all over? We just saw two fights or one fight ago, two fights ago, where the review system would have saved the whole outcome of the fight Uh, once again. um, It's 2023, people. Like, why are we so slow to adopting video replay ability in a modern sport? Like, what, what is going on? It's just, it's so bad. But once again, the replay system did its job. The right thing happened. Nobody took an L. I don't know what happens with the purse or if they're going to have to rematch or whatever, but nobody took an L that they don't have to. Man, commissions, the judge. There's so much other stuff. And and last but not least, I know this is off topic. I just want to say that many people disagreed with the Cortez outcome. So just discontent with judging, discontent with the refs getting the right call, but then fixing it later. What a shit show. But we need to get video replay in all states and all countries. All of modern MMA needs to have this. And uh, there's there's my final take. Yes, I agree as well. They need to have, like in the NFL, you know, like how they have that little thing and they go in there. Yeah. They have the nose-canceling <laughs> headphones. Right, and they're watching it without no, just like they just watching it, right? And also I think like the sound as well should be just the mics in the ring, in the cage that are hooked up, you know, because those are all catching what they're saying and stuff like that. Right. I think he should be able to hear that while it's yes. going on and, and then make a decision. Like in every, the UFC just should do that in every situation, but they're not in control. It'll just cost them more money. Commission. It's, it's, up. it's yeah. a bunch of, you know, stuff, you know what I mean? It's, it's commissions if they really wanted it they would push for it and force these force this situation but they they don't man they're just they're just uh they're incompetent man it's, it's it is what it is uh Cariz, what is it charisma honor you keep asking for the bellator 300 make I, i've been seeing you talking about that even last week but we, we don't talk really talk about bellator um uh yeah so driving company one is for the ufc but uh, bellator man you can go to the watch party. And, yeah. Uh, 
and watch come, the Bellator. Come on down. You know, join us on Spaces. We'll we'll be there. We're watching the fights, man. Join us. For real. So you guys, uh, make sure you guys go follow these men, Sickle Sports, at Sickle Sports, JSpec, at JSpec, the host on Twitter. I believe you can find them on Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. Go to Sickle Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe. Watch his content. JSpec, he's running the spaces. Download the app. JSpec's on the app. You know what I mean? Doing this thing with his contests and get in the chat. You know, there's a lot of people in there making picks. I'm making picks. You know, it's uh, take advantage of it, man. It's free. Whenever something's free, you got to take advantage of it. Anyway, yeah. uh, just like this podcast, it's free. For you every week we'll be back uh 8 p.m eastern sundays to recap the ufc uh next week we'll be back with another one what's next week's card uh oh fizziev fizziev's back next mm-hmm. week man fizziev love the guy great guy um funny guy um, hell yeah he's one of the fun he's like you know he's one of those guys that are funny but he doesn't mean to really be funny but just <laughs> yeah, comes yeah. Out that way that's the best kind yeah and then he could kick your head off um Anyways, uh, yeah, so that fight is going to be crazy. Uh, there's probably some really good solid matchups on there. I haven't even looked at the cards yet. Uh, Daniel said right here, perfect. Casual, casual alert. alert. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm a casual. The, 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 the man only flies international cover fights and interviews 50 fighters a month, but he's totally casual. I have to learn about Muay Thai now, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's dude. Another, it's like a whole other sport. So, uh, Anyways. Yeah. Make sure you guys uh, go follow these boys, and uh, we'll be back next week for another show, man. It was good catching up, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for everybody that watched live. Peace out.